Uh, Lord, this morning, um, I, my heart needs to hear uh, what you have to say. Um, so, Lord, I pray that you would, um, that all of us would open up our hearts just to what you're sharing and wanting to share with us. Uh, Father, that your, um, that suffering for you, right, is less than uh, your glory. And so, Father, I pray that we would take that to heart, Lord, that we would move from um, not really understanding uh, the part of suffering in our lives, but then, Lord, understanding what uh, you mean uh, through it. And so we ask that you would teach us this morning in Christ's name. Amen. All right. Has anyone heard the really, really old jingle, what would you do ooh, ooh, for a Klondike bar? Has anybody ever heard that? Yeah. Don't make me do it again. It was pretty. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I think it, I think I did it right. I just watched the like a really old 1986 commercial. I think they kicked it through probably the early 2000s. Has anybody ever seen a Klondike bar or know what it is? It's okay. It's like a square ice cream coated thing. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, but I love that question, right? What would you do for this thing? It, puts, it, it uh, calls into question our value. So the, the ask there is, they're assuming that we would really do anything <laughs> for a Klondike bar. I mean, it's okay, right? Caitlin's like, have you ever had one? Yeah. They have some with like crunchies on it. Those are a little bit different. They try to spice it up where it's just not just, you know, flat chocolate. Anyway. Now, if somebody would, uh, so I want you to keep that in mind. What would I do for a Klondike bar? Um, the thing that, uh, kind of the idea, we're always talking, uh, as we go through each verse, we're talking about kind of uh, a, one big or a couple big ideas. The, ish, uh, the idea here um, is suffering, okay, is less than God's glory. And so I think um, anytime that we have uh, kind of simple equations, those are always helpful for me. I'm a simple guy. Um, but when we're thinking about how I need to wrap my head around uh, something that's very difficult, near and dear to us, no one likes uh, to struggle. Um, but what, what's pl what place does it have in our lives? And is there uh, some situations where I need to put myself, right, uh, voluntarily uh, suffer? So we'll, we'll ask that question. Uh, somebody in a loud, clear voice read Romans 8, 18. Okay, so, what is, uh, what is uh, Paul uh, telling us in very plain terms? And so we're going to kind of work off of this uh, issue and unpack it a little bit um, in our short time today. So what he's saying exists, and what is he saying is better than that thing? So put it more in, in, in maybe in a little more longer terms than suffering is less than glory. Yeah. Say again? He's saying like, we're going to face suffering. Yeah, we are going to face suffering. All right, what else? 
suffering from what you're suffering right now. So the amount of suffering that you're getting isn't even in the same ball field as the what is to come. That's right. So whatever there is, right, compared to the glory that will be, right, it is less than. That this is something, but that glory also is something. What do, uh, what do we hope in? What are some different things that we place our hope in? But before we do that, I want to come up with a definition of hope. So if you can uh, find that one up there. So hope is my desire, expectation for my intention to occur. There's something that I, uh, that I really want to happen, like really, really want to happen, right? And so hope is my desire slash expectation for that thing to come to pass. When we, think about, uh, when we think about things we place our hope in, why do we hope? Have you ever thought about that? Like why do we just hope in general for things? Kick that around amongst yourselves. Why do we hope? It's a little harder question, isn't it? Why do I hope? All right, so let's look a little bit at the definition. I think this will help us. What, what, are, y'all's, what are y'all's thoughts? Why do we hope? Sarah, what do you think? Um, what we were saying is better than the opposite of being negative. Okay. It's a positive desire in your life versus the negative one of being hopeless in all situations. Okay, so you're saying uh, I'm choosing between being optimistic or pessimistic. Like it won't, something, whatever I want won't happen or that it might. Okay. But what about the thing in and of itself? Hope really... Uh, the, the meat of hope is in so, that I want something that I don't currently have, right? And so as opposed to assuming we won't get it, right, we're assuming that we will. Why do we hope? What is it, why is there a need for that? Okay. Okay, so Alex says it's in our drive to have security, right, to know things, right, to want uh, good outcomes versus bad outcomes. Anybody else? One more? Yeah. So we, so I might even, uh, I, I think uh, parts of what all of you said, I think there's this the innate drive. I like what that says is for this better, right? Like I, I may not exactly know what the best is, right? But I, but I really am wanting something different than what I am experiencing right now, right? In, in certain instances, there are times when we are elated about what we're experiencing, right? But it's also in those times that, that drives us to want more of that, correct? Okay. 
So I want us to revisit um, the, uh, the pie chart from a few weeks ago. And I love how distorted it is. <laughs> it is out of proportion. What would you call that? That's not anymore a pie chart. What would? An egg chart. I love it. Yes. Very good. <laughs> enjoy, my, uh, enjoy the egg chart. So I want you to look at uh, this. We've looked at it uh, uh, prior to, and I had uh, a couple questions um, regarding kind of time spent in lordship. Here I want you to think about it as a, as a means of investment. Right? If, this is, uh, if this is your egg chart, um, what is the person, uh, you being that person, uh, what are you, uh, what is this person investing in? So again, you have only so much time, okay? And well, when these are, uh, and this is all of our time because it does include rest and sleep. But this person, what, what are the things that they're kind of um, hedging their bets about? Right, think about when uh, any of you have even $5 like in some sort of investment account, right? And the issue is typically like the, the general uh, human wisdom is diversify, right? Why? Why do we want to kind of invest in different things, humanly speaking? We're hedging our bets on what? Right, okay, so that all five of my dollars, right, are not in, uh, uh, not in the company that fails. Or how do, we, how do, we, how do you do this uh, now, right? That there's a lots of things, not maybe lots of things, but it's definitely more than one thing typically that you invest in, hoping that you know, one of those things will yield what you are, are hoping, correct? So like if you have a job, Right? You have a relationship. You spend uh, time not at either of those things doing stuff. So you're investing, hoping that that is something worth investing in. So real quick, if you've got a little notebook, I want you to write down some of those things that you are hoping in. So, so some of that stuff we do, um, not, uh, I, I would say not consciously, but for this person, just kind of walk through this to make sure that uh, you're, you're with me, is what is this person investing in, like in different, in different phases? So like, why? because you don't have to spend time recreating, okay? I know. <laughs> I used to spend a lot of time, and now it's way, way less time. You don't have to spend that much time resting or sleeping. You guys know this as well, right? We don't have to spend time with our family. Some of you spend all the time with your family, some spend even none of it. So as you're looking at those things, just uh, you can kind of popcorn out, like what are, if this is a pie chart as it relates to investment, egg chart, sorry, Right, why? What is this person, what, what would see behind the pie chart? Why are they investing in these things? Where's their hope? And there's not a get you that it all needs to like, be something different. I just want to get you thinking here this morning. 
What are they investing in? What are their presuppositions about their hope? And what matters? Okay. You're getting nice. Good job, Matthew. All right, what else? Okay, absolutely. They what? Yeah, they like to sleep. All right, so why are we choosing to make those investments versus some other things? Because we can scratch out family and put something else there, can't we? How many of you think or have friends that think the good is not what's on the chart, but how many things I can put on the chart? Anybody? We got like a kind of a little baby hand. <laughs> What's your thing? How do you invest? Talk about that a little bit. Here is, here's how I kind of view this chart. If I were going to chart, like do it, split up all my time, and then, you, then somebody could analyze you, right, and say, hey, here's, where Dil, here's what Dylan values. Here's what Dylan puts his hope in. Because unlike what we say, what we do actually shows where what we value okay so uh, thankfully you know you can make a career out of video games now you used to couldn't do that okay and so if somebody like if that is their aspiration you actually can make a living doing that quite a healthy living actually right so but how much how much investment does someone who plays video games for a living what does their pie chart look like a lot right like very little sleep. It literally is like 15 hours a day. Because that's, to do that, I've got to do this. Right? Alright, so talk amongst yourselves. What is, what are the, your presuppositions about, or what do you struggle with as it relates to kind of investing time for what you hope in? All right, so pause one second. I don't want you to get, though, that whatever that thing is that, like, Rob's going to say wrong. There's no gotcha here, okay? I'm just literally making the exercise of the question. All right, carry on. All right. All right, so the, last, so the last question before we get into uh, a few more um, different things. So what, as you're, as you're looking here, as you're talking about, as you're having your conversations, what is being, uh, what is the person with this egg chart presupposing about the things that they've chosen to spend their time doing? Everybody familiar with uh, like presupposition? Right, I'm assuming X. So what is this person presupposing about each of these things in their egg chart? There's a return on their investment, absolutely. Right, they are worth doing. How many... Is that something that you've ever thought of as it relates to the things that you spend your time doing? Is it worth doing? So we're not answering that question, 
but we're asking it. How often do you actually ask it? Uh, 10% of the time, raise your hand. 25% of the time, raise your hand. 50% of the time, raise your hand. 60% of the time, raise your hand. 75%? I'm not, I'm afraid to answer. Because <laughs> as we're walking through this idea of presupposing worth, okay, this is the argument that uh, Paul is making here. That he wants you to presuppose worth. Not, not that you necessarily need to change anything, but that you actually understand kind of the point of the things that you're doing and that you're spending your time doing. Okay? So the person, the person here, right, has a very particular worldview. As you do, because you have decided to do certain things and have decided not to do certain things. And I anticipate that your pie chart looked different when you were five and when you were 10 and when you were 12 and when you were 15 and when you were 18. And if you're older than that, it may look different senior year to freshman year. Amen? And so that value system changes. We are always making value judgments. Okay? We are always trying to work through what that should look like because this, right, is my life. And so coming back to what Paul uh, is saying, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. What is Paul's value judgment, presupposition about eternal things and what this life brings us? What's he saying? Yeah. So when uh, so the things in heaven right are worth infinitely more right than the things here. So as so whatever my value system was previously, Paul is challenging that value system. He's not saying. He's not necessarily saying to not do any of the things you're doing, right? What he's saying is I need you to make sure that you understand what, the real, what you should really value, okay? And then, right, evaluate after that. He's not trying to be mean here. He's trying to make sure that you understand God's value system. So have any of you fought anybody about anything? All right, Matthew, what, what did you fight somebody about? I'm so excited. Really, like there's a cookie and you're like wrestling for the cookie? Kind of thing? Oh, okay. You take the whole container and you shouldn't have. Somebody else wanted some of it. Got it. Okay. All right, somebody else. What have you fought about? Sports, okay. Like you've lost friends over. Maybe <laughs> for the day, right? Somebody, one more, one more example. What have you fought about? Yes, Kitty. Who has to or who gets to? How did you put it? 
So the value, so in each of these things, right, Matthew, the food is very important. It's worth maybe ruining this relationship over, right? The, the team that I support, right, is, is worth sticking up for to the point of fractured relationship. The, the dog has to be walked. You don't get to walk it. It has to be walked, and I don't want to do it, right? Each of those things is a value judgment, but it's also showing worth. Here's a, so I want you to, um, to think about this. What is your uh, price to fight? And so what I mean by this is if I'm going to fight for something, right, what is, uh, at what point is it worth it? Think about things that you fight for. Anybody in here fought for a relationship that was like kind of hanging in the balance and could have gone this way or that way, but you're like, nope, it's worth the fight. Anybody? About a job that you hadn't been putting forth a lot of effort in, if you don't, and if you don't put forth more effort, you'll like be fired. And you have to like, is it worth the fight? Because this is hard. Am I going to put more effort forth? Seriously, <laughs> no. What is your price to fight? This goes along with the previous verse is, uh, in verse 17 of Romans 8, where he's talking about uh, who we are. And if children heirs also, heirs of God and fellows heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him. Paul is saying the price to fight right, is I want Christ. Is it worth fighting for? I want to be an heir with him. Is that, being an heir, is that worth fighting for? We're heirs with him if indeed we suffer with him so that we may be glorified with him. Have any of you ever wanted to like put on a particular pin or jersey or be associated with something like really, really badly? Anyone not? Like if McLennan could be an Avenger, like he, I, th I think he would, that would be his price to fight. Like if, if you, you understand that phrase, like that's his, like the Avenger is the price that I'm willing to fight for. But most of us have felt that, right? There's something that we wanted and that it was worth fighting for, that it had a value that was worth kind of putting myself out to obtain. Anybody that's ever asked anyone out has said, has like, you know what? The humiliation and the rejection is worth the possible thing that he or she will say yes. <laughs> right? So thoughts about that. As we're thinking about our value system, about our intention, uh, that what is the price, what is our price at which we would fight for something? No thoughts, questions, comments? All right. So if you'll turn to Luke 6.40, and it shall, should be up here on the screen. 
when we have this idea of this thing that we want to do and that we will kind of do certain things to obtain it, right, that, that, that we place value on it, that that is our price to fight, that we have one, that, and that's it. Right, that we will also to be, we also kind of understand that to obtain whatever this is, some, uh, whether it's a relationship, whether it's to be included in something, whether it's like something I have, right, that, that we also understand like that to continue to be that, that there will be some sort of discomfort that I'll have to deal with, right? Like if I'm part of this family, Right? There's going to be times when the family's going to show up and I'm going to have something else I want to do, but yet if I'm part of the family, like I got to go. Right? Or if this is this relationship, hey, they're doing this. I don't necessarily want to do this, but I am. Right? If I want to keep this relationship, then I've got to do X. This is the same principle that Jesus is talking about here in Luke 640. Somebody read that for me. So he puts it, you're not above the teacher. What is it assuming that we think about anything that we're like, okay, so I'm going like, to be included. So I have to remind us that we're not above the person that we want to be like or to be included. Why does that matter? It does? Yep, Alex? We have to be teachable. Yeah. As it relates to Jesus, right, it's, is, what, is, what do you think that means more specifically? We were made in his image, so we were never going to be above him. Right. We can. But there's certain ways that we like to be like Jesus, and there's certain ways that we don't. And what are the ways that we don't like to be like Jesus? Suffering. Uh, being compassionate for others. Yep. Giving of ourselves. <laughs> this is the part that this is focused on, that you're not above being low. To be like me is actually to be lower than you think. Right? I came not to be served, but to serve. A people is not above that. It's like, oh, I don't do copies. But everyone, after he is fully trained, will be like his teacher, right? Will be a servant. Suffering is greater than glory. So we'll look at two more scriptures, uh, and then we'll be done. So the first truth that I want you to like, write down or kind of burn in your brain, right, is change comes through suffering. Have any of you ever changed anything about yourselves? Even on a small scale? Is this true? Sometimes it's suffering to get into some pants <laughs> that I really want to get into. Think about whatever it is. Is this true? Yeah. So it's not not true. Uh, this is like a this is a thing that is true in creation. But also as it relates to our hearts. Right? Our hearts are changed through suffering. How? 
I really want to get into these pants. Put on a pair of pants that were a little too tight the other day. That was, that was rough. <laughs> I suffered. Try to buckle those things. Why? Why does change go through suffering? All right, well, let's look. James 1, 2 through 4. So these are the, we're going to look at a couple scriptures here that kind of outline this idea. Somebody read James 1, 2 through 4 for me. Okay, so this verse fits very well with this idea, right, that we have in Romans 8.18. So there's a whole lot of, there's a whole lot of uh, tough stuff here in the middle, but beginning and the end is the, what we need to focus on. There's a reason why we endure or deal with suffering, right, and what is that? What does, he tell, what does James tell us to do there in the very beginning of verse 2? Consider it joy for what? What, what is the joy? What, what is the promise here? Is the very last phrase. Yeah. Consider it joy that you can lack nothing. Okay? And so he then talks to you about how suffering actually does this. As you encounter various testings or trials or temptations, is the word there, Know that as you endure those things, right, that that, uh, that that testing produces endurance. As you actually, like, fight that fight, right, there is endurance that is produced. I don't get, he doesn't grant you endurance, you have to learn it. You ever had a bug bite? Yes, everyone's had a bug bite? Yes? Uh, you itch it, right? Why? Because it's really itchy. But what happens when you itch it? It itches worse. <laughs> this X is a really good microcosm of how sin works, right? There's this desire, I really, really, really want to do it. And as soon as I do it, there's this temporary relief or satisfaction, right? But then what happens? It gets itchier and I have to itch it more with less and less satisfaction. Your bug bites teaching me about Jesus. But what if I don't scratch it? Anybody not scratched an itch is the most bizarre thing. What happens? Anybody? Have you never not scratched an itch? What happens? Well, it does. We could graph the itchiness. I don't have much board space left here. So X, Y, axis, uh, y X axis, right? So it's kind of itchy, right? But then as I don't scratch it, it escalates in itchiness, okay? Up until a point. Renee, what happens if I don't scratch the itch after, like if I just keep seeing like how much I can endure? Huh? Yeah, the, the itch eventually stops. It's basically the temptation like goes away. Temptation is not like the static like 
thing, it, it, it escalates, I want the thing. Uh, there was a plate of quesadillas in front of me yesterday, I was not hungry. I ate one, black bean cheese quesadilla was delicious. But I was full. Should I eat another one? Temptation. It's so good. It was really good, but I was really full. If I don't eat another one, what happens? I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, but then it just kind of goes away. But what do we typically do, right? I eat, and then I eat another one. It was so good. I eat another one. I continue to get more full. That initial desire, right, intention, it, at the end of it, I was very uncomfortable. I scratched the itch over and over and over and over and over again. Because maybe just one was like, well, that one was good. Well, let me eat another one. And yet what Jesus is trying to teach us is that trials actually, testing and endurance is actually the exact opposite of that. It's not giving in to the thing. It's not doing. And if we don't not do, we'll never understand what God's trying to teach us. Right? What was the testing of our faith produces endurance. Let endurance have its result. Let God show you that you don't need that thing. If you don't scratch the itch, you'll never know that it doesn't have to be scratched. You understand that? That is what God is trying to teach us in so many areas of our lives. And if you'll let that endurance have its perfect result, then you'll understand that you're not lacking anything with God. Yet we don't ever kind of try Him on and see. One more thought here. Second Corinthians four seventeen. Somebody read that. For momentary, for momentary light affliction is producing for us eternal weight and glory beyond all comparison. Okay. So he says that it's beyond all comparison. He's making a comparison here. All right. What's the comparison? Suffering and glory. That's the comparison. What does he want to, what's he trying to teach you that you vehemently disagree with? With your life, you vehemently disagree with. With my life, I vehemently disagree with this. And yet he's saying, Rob, I need you to learn this. Like, I really, 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 really need you to learn this. What do I think about my suffering first person experience? Just like my bug bite. Why do I scratch it? What do I believe? It's the only way to live, right? The only way to live is to scratch that itch. That's the only way there is to live. I can't imagine another way. And God is saying, I need you to hope in that there is another way. There's a better way of life. Is not scratching that itch. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine just not scratching the bug bite? Can you hope in it? Like, hope says, 
lets me not scratch it because that there is some relief, better relief on the other side of suffering through the itch. That seems like so dumb, yet that is, that is really, really profound. Like this is something that we've got to understand. Thoughts or questions about that? The promise of not scratching that itch is what? Glory beyond all comparison. Will we do it? That's what he's asking. Will you hope in that more than what you know? No thoughts or questions? All right. One last uh, verse uh, to differentiate between something. Sorry, I can't help myself. First uh, Peter 4, 1 through 3. So this is going to help us distinguish between uh, there's general suffering, there's voluntary suffering, and there's involuntary suffering. Okay? So there's general suffering, voluntary suffering, or involuntary suffering. I'll read this one. Therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same purpose, right? That I want to do what Christ has done. Because he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So as to live the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. For the time already passed is sufficient for you to have carried out the desires of the Gentiles. Oh gosh. I made my notes go away. For the time already passed is sufficient for you to have carried out the desire of the Gentiles, having pursued a course of sensuality, lust, drunkenness, carousing, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. So put it in the terms that I've put before. Right, who who has suffered through the itch, right, is ceased with the itchy thing. I've got to deal with it in that way. I've got a purpose to deal with it in that way. So that you will no longer live for the itches of men. That you've got better things to do. For the time already passed for the things that you've itched. Right? Trying to put it in perspective of the itchy thing. You've already itched other things. Like, haven't you learned that that doesn't work? (laughs) The time has passed. Stop it. Haven't you learned that, there, that I want to do something different? So coming back to this voluntary, sorry, suffering for all, voluntary and involuntary. How do we um, involuntarily suffer? So this is going to be consequences for the things that we and other people do. Right? Have people done things to you that have caused suffering in your life? Broken hearts, they wouldn't let you have the food that you wanted to, Matthew. I don't want to be with you anymore. I don't like you. You can't have this job. Right? 
involuntary suffering. There's also the suffering that happens from all. We live in the world, people get the pandemic, they don't, cancer, they don't, broken legs, they don't, car wrecks, they don't. Right, people get those things, some people don't, right? There's, there's just all people suffer. But what about voluntarily suffering? What, this is what Peter is talking about here. He says that he wants you to choose to suffer. And in the instance, it's to not scratch the itch. You with me? Because he who doesn't scratch the itch is beginning to be done with sin. And not the possibility of sin, but like you're done with like that being your thing. Does that make sense? All right. No questions about that? That makes sense? All right, I'm going to read 18 one more time and then we'll pray. Father, I pray that we can say like Paul, that I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed in us. Father, I pray that we would consider that. Consider that the, the itchies in my life are worth not scratching because as I learn to not scratch them, Father, that you are, that you are teaching me endurance. Father, and you're saying let endurance have its perfect results so that we complete lacking in nothing. And you also say that, that there is glory, right? That there is a weight of glory being built up as I do that. And next week we're going to talk uh, you're leading us into talking about that creation groans for the sons of men to be revealed. And that is what it's talking about, Father. Everyone in our entire lives is groaning for people that do this. They need strong, God-fearing, God-loving, people-loving people in their lives to show them who God is. And Lord, we've got to learn your way. And it comes from not scratching that itch. It comes from voluntarily suffering. Because we know that that is how you're changing us. Because that's how change happens. And so, Lord, would you help us struggle through this teaching? Lord, would you bury it deep in our hearts and remind us, Father, that it is worth doing. And pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.